0: Hi, Ecclesia, and welcome to Worship Online. We're sending out our best hopes, prayers, wishes for you and your family as we enter into this time of worship together. I know that during this season, things are a little bit different. You've all had to undergo some transitions, and we want to remind you that God is still God, and that love is still love, and that we are still God's people. So as we enter into this time of worship today, let me lead you in a traditional prayer of the church. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray when they asked. Pray with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, as we worship together in all of our homes across the city and across the world, let us be reminded that we worship the God of forever and ever. God bless.
1: To trust in Jesus and to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise and to know the saith the Lord.
2: You're all around me You're holding everything And this is the hope in every land Just as the universe expands
3: I know that some of you have inquired and been asking about some of the most vulnerable in our community and how we're caring for them in this season. I'm really grateful to be able to share with you one segment of our vulnerable population and that's the hungry and the homeless in our midst. We are still currently offering packaged meals as well as hygiene kits that we pass out to those who've been coming to our Simple Feast. And we're dreaming and creating new ways of how we can continue to engage. You know, our outreach, Pastor Manny, his heart is so much for this community. And I got to talk to him today and he said, you know, Mitzi, we really enjoy feasting and gathering. And even though we can't gather right now, we're gonna still try to share in a feast. So we're gonna still figure out ways on how to feed the hungry in our midst. And Ecclesia, I want to say that your giving and your generosity continues to support these critical efforts to these brothers and sisters. And I wanna say, and Manny, and all of the people that we've been serving, thank you so much.
4: Ecclesia, even in this challenging season, we continue to be committed to the work God calls us, sharing the gospel, caring for the vulnerable in our city and beyond, caring well, especially for our children. As we each consider our part in that offering, please speak this prayer along with me. Almighty God, we long to love you and one another as you love us. Fill us with continued worship and gratitude to sustain us in uncertain times. Help our thoughts to be holy and our hearts to remain generous as you free us from all anxiety and fear of scarcity. We seek each day to place our renewed trust in you, reminded that even in the seeming desert, your banquet table is set for feasting. Through this humble offering of our family, and in all things may you be glorified. Amen.
5: As we make some changes to how we gather together, it's important to also talk about how that impacts our offering as well. We have always received an offering at Ecclesia, and will continue to do so because it's central to what it means to be human and to be the people Jesus invites us to be. We are encouraging you to use digital means to give your offering. One of the easiest ways to do that is to use your private device that you carry with you everywhere you go. You can simply send a text message, and here's how it works. All you have to do is send the amount you want to donate to 84321. The first time you do, you'll receive a message that prompts you to add your payment information. Simply tap on that link, select Ecclesia as your church, fill in the email address where you want to receive your receipts, add your payment information, and you're good to go. Now, you can text your donation amount to 84321, and you'll instantly receive a receipt. If you accidentally add a zero, you can easily fix that. Simply reply with the word refund within the first 30 minutes, and that transaction will be refunded to you. You'll get an email receipt of every donation you make. You may feel like your donation is insignificant. I want to tell you that every donation no matter the amount, can make a big difference. When we pool our resources together, we can do together what none of us can do alone. And every donation is an opportunity for us to become the people that God created us and invites us to be. Generous, kind, loving, and selfless people.
6: Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I'm thrilled to be able to be in your home, to be with your family, and to be able to be your pastor, your friend, and in some ways a guide uh, through this difficult and challenging season. Um, What we know is that we're living in unprecedented times. Um, Most of our life experience, we contextualize with, oh, well this is like when this happened or when like that happened or when my friend experienced this kind of loss. We have somebody we can call like, okay, what was it like when you went through this? Um, we're walking through times now that none of us are able to do that. I, um, I just got off a phone call with, uh, the CEOs of all the major hospitals in Houston, the coordinator in the medical center, um, all the, the medical officials that are trying to gauge what's happening in our city. And I want to tell you, they're profoundly concerned. Um, they are encouraging us strongly, um, to stay home and to ask you to stay home, um, now all of us need to get out every few days and get groceries. Don't try to stockpile for months. Um, we got H-E-B in Houston. You could live in other States where the best they have is like Safeway. I don't know what grocery stores there are cause I love H-E-B and I actually have a Trader Joe's next to me. The combination of the two is like, I've, I've been promoted to supermarket heaven. I don't know where you live or what's closest to you. Um, but these are gonna be some of our heroes in the end. Um, the grocery stores that keep us fed, and uh, no reason to rush out. I don't get the toilet paper thing. I don't know if you do either, but it doesn't make any sense to me. But don't you, none of us have to panic or worry, but the doctors that understand what's happening the most are asking us to stay home, to have very limited contact with other people, to stay at a distance of six to eight feet, and uh, to prevent this virus from spreading any further. It's a unique one in that it passes really easily and um, that a lot of people are passing it without any symptoms, so they don't know. And at the same time, there's a high mortality rate, especially for people that are immune repressed, like cancer patients, or for those that are older and have some underlying conditions. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna gather in homes. And uh, for most of us, we're gonna look back at our lives and it's gonna be before and after this experience. I made a phone call to one of my favorite restaurants and all this happening this week and when the restaurants were closed and put on only takeout i called to make sure i could still get takeout right because i need a i need a fix i literally like this is place this place has a vermicelli you just wouldn't believe it's so good and i called to say hey you guys are open right because i pretty much eat your food once a week and uh, they said yeah we're open and you can come get the food. And I asked, are you staying open? <laughs> the owner, he kind of laughed, right? He said, no, 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 We're not staying open. Um, he says, we'll be, we'll be closing permanently. And, uh, I could just feel this pain inside me. Most of you know, uh, how much I love food and I love this vermicelli dish so much. And I'm asking him like, really, you don't, I mean, closing permanently, like not even after the crisis is over? You He says, you know, the restaurant business is too hard anyway. There's a part of me inside, of me, it's just like, I, my life's going to be different, right? Uh, I'm not going to go eat that same dish and life's going to be different. And all of us are grieving. I have a daughter who's grieving the loss of a graduation ceremony. And many of you have children that are seniors and eighth graders and facing important markers in their life, right? And they, they're learning. You're not going to have a senior prom. That's hard. If you know somebody in that spot, right, you want to reach out to them right now and say, hey, um, I had a senior prom and I'm really sorry, you're not going to. And and a special gift might be appropriate. I hope you buy graduation gifts, but I hope you go big for the graduates this year and let them know we care about them. For me, I I have a routine, right? I, I go to the gym five days a week. You may not be able to tell it because of the vermicelli dish that I eat so much of, but I, the gym's my happy place, right? When my gym closed this week, oh, I kind of thought, okay, um, so I can't be in the office with all my co-workers. I really like them, although we're finding some solutions. We're getting online, not just for uh, meetings, but we're getting online, and we're all pouring a drink, and we're sitting and talking to each other, and that's great. We don't get to do that very often. It's been really good. And you know what? I'm setting up a small gym in my room. I got my yoga mat laid out. And... I'm not very good at yoga, but I'm going to stretch and uh, I've got some of the basic exercise equipment I need and I hope you do the same. And by the end of this, let's try to be looking pretty good and feeling pretty good and take good care of ourselves. It's a brand new routine. And maybe you're like me and I talked to the restaurant owner or I sent an email to the gym and said, I know you closed everything down, but you don't have to close the pool because it's got chlorine and I don't know, I'm not a medical expert. I just kind of felt like we could all swim, but they're telling me you can't. And I'm telling the restaurant owner and I'm kind of shaking my fist at him like, you can't close permanently. Anybody else had that experience with somebody like, you can't do this. And I'm learning very quickly. I'm not in control. Uh, I'm not running this show. And what I'm called to do in this season and what you're called to do is to learn to do the most basic of Christian functions. To surrender. And to acknowledge, I don't control any of this but I'm connected to the one who does. I want to invite you to pray. There's a beautiful prayer of surrender. Father Delindo, in the early 1900s, a Catholic priest, wrote these nine days of surrender prayers. You can use the Google machine. You can find it really easily. Let me invite you to pray this first day's prayer with me. And if you pray this one with me today, and you'll join me over the next eight days, we can pray all nine of them. By the end, I think we'll be blessed. We'll post this on the website as well. You can find this on our website at ecclesiahouston.org slash online care. We'll lay out all nine days. Will you pray the first prayer with me? It's a hard one for me to pray. I'm just gonna tell you, I wanna pray this. then day one invites us to pray. Why do you confuse yourselves by worrying? Jesus is speaking to us. Leave the care of your affairs to me and everything will be peaceful. I say to you in truth, that every act of true, blind, complete surrender to me produces the effect you desire and resolves all difficult situations. O Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. And then we're invited to repeat that prayer 10 times. Oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Nine more times. And probably for many of us, we could use 20 or 30. It wouldn't be a bad thing at all. I contemplated so many passages to teach you this week. Um, Every day, it felt like the whole game changed, right? And uh, for the coming weeks, we're going to anticipate some changes, um, some uncertainty. So I thought I'd invite you to consider a passage that reminds us of uncertainty. I I find great hope in the words of the prophets. But my favorite among the minor prophets, the last part of the Old Testament, is a prophet in a book called Hosea. I love Hosea, he's the, he's the prophet. This is a period after David's reign where Israel's been divided, the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. And the Northern Kingdom Israel has a prophet, Hosea and the Southern has a different prophet. They both face different issues, but they were both being called back to God in similar ways. And the Northern Kingdom experienced a, a time, a few years of tremendous prosperity. It was beyond what many would imagine, but um, possibly Ecclesia like our world, it's possible that tremendous prosperity didn't always produce a wonderful life, a great life. Anybody wonder about that? It, being disrupted, I wouldn't choose this, right? I wouldn't choose this virus. I wouldn't choose this path. But you have to wonder, if most of us looked at our lives, we'd, we have to ask a question, right? Does this lifestyle that we have, is it, is it working for us? I mean, we have the greatest wealth in human history, period, no doubt about it. Greatest wealth in human history. Also, greatest amount of anxiety and fear in human history. And we wonder, is this working? I have the privilege because I represent you to so many places in the world that have very little, and I've come to realize that the connection between happiness, contentment, and beauty, and great wealth, um, it's not a straight line. Uh, I'm often with people that have very little and they have so much more than we have. And Hosea um, was speaking to a nation, the Northern Kingdom, at a time that they experienced great prosperity, but in that prosperity, they lost their way. They, they lost the ability to be human. They, they stopped caring for one another in some of the ways that made them uniquely God's people. And Hosea speaks to them poetically. Um, I believe it's Kafka that says, a great novel or a great poem is like a pickaxe that cracks open our inner life right if you're you ought to read a good novel right now you you ought to have time um hosea is poetry it's filled with poetry god comes to hosea and when god speaks to hosea he speaks in poetry and metaphor Uh, the most famous one is is the metaphor of uh, inviting hosea to take a wife who's a harlot who will betray him and he goes to her repeatedly in that betrayal in love and god's explaining this is who i am I'm that God, I find great hope in it. But I wanna to read to you from a different passage. It's not one that's considered to be as popular, but it's in Hosea 11. And Hosea 11, it tells us this, the eternal one is speaking, and this is what he says. He's saying, this is how I relate to you. You're my people. He says, when Israel was a child, you was my people, when you were a child, I found him, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. In the Hebrew, it uses two different words here. The first is young boy. The second is uh, is my heir, the one that will inherit what I have to give. Already God's saying, this is what I think of you. You're my child. He says, but the more I called to Israel, the more they walked away from me. He says, I'm like a father and I got a kid. And they're creating distance. Now, all of us as parents know what this is like. I'll I'll tell you, my firstborn, I'll never forget um, the day she stopped holding my hand. Now, gratefully, she's older now and she holds my hand again. I love it, I'm so grateful for it. But the day when she was four years old that she, I got, you know, her hand flicked off, right? It was like, nope, not doing that, Dad. We're walking in a mall and I'm already pretty cool. And I realized teenage years were gonna be really hard and all of us that have had teenagers We know this feeling. God says, I loved you like my child, and then you created distance. You walked away from me. He says, they kept sacrificing to other divine masters. You wanted other things, other gods, and burning incense to idols. But I was the one who taught Ephraim to walk, holding him up by his arms, just like a parent does. God says, I'm like your parent. I've been holding you up. But his people didn't know I was the one who took care of them. I led them along With leather cords, he says, I was like holding up, I was propping up everything they were doing with ropes of love. I showed them the way. He says, I was literally supporting your every step as I dealt with them. I love this metaphor. He says, I lifted the yoke from their neck. Anybody know what that feels like to be a parent to go, hey, this is going to be more difficult than you can bear. And I'm just, you're not even going to know I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it easier for you in a way. He says, I've been doing everything I can to care for you. He says, I bent down to give them their food. Here the word is like a, a mother bird who takes the food and places it in the mouth of the young ones. He says, I fed you, I sustained you. The people of Israel will return, he says, to bondage like they knew in the land of Egypt. And this time Assyria will be their king. He's saying, you've drifted so far, you've chosen the wrong path and there will be consequences for it. I don't believe God caused this virus. If you watch a sermon online that tells you this is God's judgment, it's probably not a great sermon. That's not what God's up to. But the world we live in is broken. We make a lot of bad decisions. There are real bad decisions that we make and other people make, and yes, there are costs to it. And ultimately God says, just like you were in Egypt, I rescued you in Egypt. I came and took you out of Egypt. You were once slaves and I made you free. And the reality is when I made you free, you, you even longed for slavery. You wanted to go back. Ecclesia, I don't know what holds you, what's your master, but my guess is that for many of us, our work has become our master, what you do. Now, if you're in healthcare, you're gonna be working a lot and we're all gonna be there to support you and we're gonna pray for you. But some of us are gonna have less work to do for a while. And you know what, we're gonna learn. I've been telling you for years, I'd read to you. Uh, from the Old Testament and the Exodus journey and remind you, you're not Hebrew slaves. You're not brickmakers. You're not what you do. You may be a lawyer, but that's not who you are. You're God's child. And whatever it is that you do, I don't know what God wants to teach us in this season, but I wonder, I wonder, as we're forced to slow down, right? Pastor Sean offered a beautiful podcast this week, our midweek podcast. It's going to come out every week. And this last week, he talked about time and the reality, most of us go, I love my kids. I just don't have time. Right? I, I'd love to read them stories, but I, you know, I don't have time and they, they don't have time. They got baseball, they got basketball, they got this, they got that. There's no baseball. <laughs> most of us are fully aware. There's nothing. We're, uh, we're going to be watching bowling soon. I don't know what we're going to watch. Right? You know what we're going to do? We're going to learn to be together because we have time. We have all the time. And in that place, God's going to bless us. You're not what you do. I'm not what I do. And in this season, it may be extended long enough that we finally learn it. Ecclesia, I believe that would be a gift. He goes on in Hosea 11 to say, you've drifted so far from me. But he says, I'm not going to let my anger get the best of you. Verse nine, he says, I will not carry out my burning anger. I will not destroy Ephraim completely for I am God, not a human being. I'm the holy one in your midst. I won't unleash my anger for an attack. Hear this. God's not angry with us. He's not coming after us. This is not some punishment. This is the result of a broken world, but God's movement towards us in this season is love. And he invites us to embrace that love and to share it with others. So if we're going to embrace that love and share it with others, how do we do it when we have so many moments that we're paralyzed by fear? I wanna invite you to center yourself in in that deep surrender, and to read the scripture, to spend time in prayer, and to center yourself in the truth. I want to read to you some of the truth today from Matthew chapter 6. This may be my favorite part of the Sermon on the Mount, and I'll invite you to consider a few actions based on these things. Jesus is preaching the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. I love taking groups to the Holy Land. We sit at night on the mountain of beatitudes. The stars literally are like as you look out over the Sea of Galilee, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in the dark of night. And on that mountain, looking out on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus spoke these words. He said, some people store up treasures in their homes here on earth or in their accounts. Some of us have seen those treasures. He says this, storing up of treasures, it's a short-sighted practice. Don't undertake it. Moths and rust will eat up any treasure you may store here. Thieves may break into your homes and steal your precious trinkets. Instead, Jesus says, hear this, not as a critique, as an invitation from Jesus. All of us have focused too much on earthly treasures. Jesus says, instead, put up your treasures in heaven where moths do not attack, where rust does not corrode, and where thieves are barred at the door. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ecclesia, what might it look like to treasure those who God loves in this season? What would it look like to look out for the healthcare providers in your neighborhood and community, keep them close by, but to say, hey, your kids are my kids. What's in my refrigerator is yours, right? My toilet paper is your toilet paper. Let's find out who really has Christian love in this season, right? And let's share. What does it look like to be a people um, that just sit at home thinking about, if we don't have work to do, there's some we can do. I hope you're working at home. I hope you're staying productive. But what if you devote a good amount of your time to thinking, how do I serve some other people? How do I check in? If you've got friends, neighbors, anybody, um, that's in their seventies, eighties, nineties, I'm looking out for them. What does it look like to know that you got friends that are gonna struggle, they're extroverts and they're feeling alone? What does it look like to reach out to them with gifts, kind notes, stuck, uh, go by their house and just stuff letters in their mailbox, right? That just say, hey, you're loved. I've always loved people that will pizza bomb you, right? Have you ever been pizza bombed? The hardest thing about pizza bombing people is you pizza bomb them and then they're not home, right? And the pizza sits on their doorstep. Everybody's home now. You can pizza bomb people every day right just send somebody a delivery pizza they don't know where it comes from it's just here it's there it's like it came from heaven um everybody loves that right or maybe you got somebody you don't like pizza bomb them every day and let's see how much weight they gain by the end of this whole thing it could be hilarious there's no telling please don't do that to me that'd be bad please don't do that to me but um i lack self-control although i do have kids that would eat pizza cheese pizza only cheese they don't eat meat what, what will we do, right? What, let's just reach out to each other in love. Then Jesus goes on. He says, here's the bottom line. And when Jesus says, here's the bottom line, right? You listen. Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink, or Jesus might add, what you will wipe with. <laughs> You'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll share mine. I found some uh, Hello Kitty toilet paper in Chinatown. Just a small tip if you're looking for some. He says, don't worry about how you clothe your body. Living is about more than merely eating. And the body is about more than dressing up. Then he says this, we'll close with it. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not store food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They do not sow or reap. And yet they are always fed because your heavenly father feeds them. And you, Ecclesia, are even more precious to him than a beautiful bird. If he looks after them, surely he will look after you. God is looking after you. You are not alone. We are in this together. And so not just in this service and time on Facebook Live, I want to invite you Invite others to this service. If it means something to you, you're on Facebook. You can throw a watch party. You can invite all your friends to say, hey, I'd love for you to hear what my pastor had to say. It might be encouraging to you in this season. This could be a season of spiritual renewal for so many. We might find that the things we thought were so important, the things we were building up, the treasures that we thought, these are what matters and all of a sudden they're gone. And then we realize, wow, we needed some of them to disappear. So we would know that's not what matters. You matter, God matters, your neighbor matters. Let's walk together in humility and kindness. This is going to be a long journey, longer than most of us would choose. Some of us are thinking like weeks sounds really long, months sounds really long. We're gonna learn some new rhythms. We're gonna have a lot of opportunities at ecclesiahouston.org slash online care. You can learn a lot about the content we're providing, the ways you can connect, I want to invite you to sign up for a slot with one of our pastors. All of our pastors can be taking time to pray for people, to catch up with them. You can sign up for a 15-minute slot on Zoom and just get a short interaction or prayer. This is how I'm doing. Will you keep up with me and let's check in again next week? And together, God's going to do something amazing with us. I don't know what it is. This is not what I would have chosen, but I'm choosing to trust. I'm choosing to surrender right that's the posture in the early church that's how they prayed they lift their hands and surrender and so I'm gonna pray this prayer with both hands lifted and invite you you're at home nobody's watching you you can do the same would you just lift your hands and surrender God I pray for my brothers and sisters I pray for all of Ecclesia and I thank you that in this season Ecclesia extends far beyond Houston we always have we've been a global church and yet um, one of the small gifts in this season is that we're deeply connected with our brothers and sisters all across the globe and we're all going through this together and so god we just confess as our hands are raised that we are surrendering to you we're trusting you to be in control we acknowledge we're not in control we can't keep a restaurant open we can't pay a bill with money we don't have we can't control what the government will do we we just can't but you can and we pray with the children, the family, the neighbors that you've entrusted to us, that we would care well for them. May some pizzas bomb some doors this week with love and grace and encouragement. May notes be written and emails be sent and text messages of love and kindness and encouragement to healthcare professionals and to so many others serving. May tips, I'd encourage a five dollar bill be left on our garbage can for the people that pick them up as a token to say thank you for your faithful service thank you for putting yourself at risk to serve my family and my house may postal workers be encouraged and thanked and offered gift cards and grocery cards and God may you lead us to do amazing things may we be your church in this season more than ever we pray this prayer together and we pray it in your name in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen.
3: Ecclesia, beloved community, now is the time for us to come and share communion with one another. We know that you may need some time to get your communion elements, and after our prayer, there will be a song where you can do that as well as take the communion. We know that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he met with his disciples and he had a meal with them. And he offered bread and he offered wine. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, remember me. At the end of the meal, he took wine and he said, this is my blood that is shed for you. It represents a new covenant. And Ecclesia, let's focus on that word new. As we come to this table, I hope that as you take the bread, as you take the juice and the wine, that you will be tasting the forgiveness and the redemption that God has for all of us. Would you now join me in this confession communion prayer? I'll read as a celebrant. The table is set all around us. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. It is the table of sharing with the poor of the world with whom Jesus identified himself. It is the table of communion with the earth in which Christ became incarnate. So come then to this table, you who have much faith and you who would like to have more, you who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed, come. It is Christ who invites us to meet him here. And now all together, loving God, through your goodness, we have this feast, which has come forth from the earth and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing so that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among his community through the centuries and shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves, a single living act of praise, amen. Ecclesia, whatever your table may contain, This is the body broken and given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. May we taste and see.
5: Ecclesia, we're going to come to a time and we're going to incorporate a very special thing in our gathering. And we're going to take a page out of Jesus' book because he would tell his disciples, let the little children come to me. And he would take them. He would put his hands on them. He would pray over them. He would bless them. And so we're going to do that today in our gathering. And we invite you to stop, to interrupt your kids from whatever they're doing. Uh, Put your hands on them pray these prayers a blessing over them. And this is for those of us who may, may not have kids with us in our home currently, that's okay. You may have a nephew or a niece. You've got neighbors down the street. Uh, I brought pictures of my kids because they're not here with me today. And so I'm gonna use that as I pray this prayer of blessing over them. And I invite you to do the same. So Ecclesia, will you join me in this practice of praying a prayer of blessing over the kids in our midst? So Moses read, and Aiden Elizabeth Brown, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are made in God's image. There is nowhere you can go where you are not with him. Be strong, be courageous, be kind, be compassionate. You are dearly and deeply loved, my children. And I pray all this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.
7: Eglesia, thank you for joining with us in this journey. We all find ourselves wrestling with some form of anxiety as we look to the road ahead with all of its uncertainty and peril, which is why we need to be reminded of our shared starting place. Our benediction is entitled, Beloved is Where We Begin by Jan Richardson. If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are, beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. Do not go without letting it echo in your ears. And if you find it hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That is not what this journey is for. I cannot promise the blessing will free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching of the sun or the fall of the night. But I can tell you that on this path, there will be help. I can tell you that on this way, there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us, bearing comfort and strength that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with their curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved, 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 beloved family, on this path there will indeed be help. Much of it you will receive, even more you will give. We walk it together following the one who knows the way. Be well, love well, dwell in peace.